Welcome to the 400 level. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Bo Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, coming at you from the Kawatone Studios in Smyrna, Georgia. DJ Raytone, what's going on, man? Been a couple weeks. Been a minute, man. Uh, good to see your face, man. Good to be back in the swing of things, man. Um, you know, ready to give the people what they want. It's been any, uh, what, what you been up to these last, aside from, you know, that, that, that daily, weekly grind, man? What you been doing these last few weeks? Have you been uh, enjoying a little bit of the summer? Enjoying the summer, hitting the pool, uh, getting ready for the birth of my son. He will be here extra soon. Very soon. And, uh, man, you know, just in the grind, man, spinning everywhere, uh, just, 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 just stacking, man. And, um, you know, enjoying the summer, man. I'm glad we finally got some consistent sun because I felt like the threat of rain was just kind of looming every day. Oh, it's day. still there. Yeah, I'm don't sure. even let it fool you. It's Ex- still there. Exactly. Don't don't fall for the hype, right? Every other day. Yeah, yeah man, it's been uh, it's been pretty busy, man. I went to Louisiana. I went to a family reunion. Then uh, my family came back here from Louisiana. You know, um, went down to Sonoy again. Took a little, couple more tours of some of the uh, Walking Dead film sets yep, and whatnot. Saw that. You know, very nice. Uh, very nice. Went to Metallica this past week, man. It's nice. been a pretty uh, action-packed last couple of weeks, man. Ready to get back to work though, dude. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. It's grind time again. Let's yes, throw it around. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Is on third. You know the guy's oh. name's on the baseball team. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Who is on first? Why are you asking me? I don't know. It's time to throw it around on the 400 level. So we're not even going to try to bury the lead here today. We've been kind of keeping this super fight out of the show a little bit because there's only so much we can talk about it you know after the date was announced all we've kind of been waiting for are these media press conferences to start sure and they started man with a bang just three days ago and i'll tell you what man they did not disappoint yeah how's this seal look if you zoom in on the pins right says you sit quiet you little give me that backpack let me show you what a hundred million dollar fighter look like that's in a tax man. I'm the IRS, and I'm a tax show. He's in a tracksuit. He can't even afford a suit anymore. Talking that shit. We know Mr. Tapout like to quit. I'm gonna knock him out inside four rounds. Mark my words. August 26, I'm gonna knock this out too. I haven't knocked nobody out in about 20 years. Let's get this world tour started. Let's have fun. Let's have some fun. Now, all of that audio was from the very first press conference, which was in L.A. at Staples Center. Right. They had another one in Toronto um, where the biggest, the funniest thing about that one is Floyd, for some reason, grabbing an Irish flag, but instead of, like, desecrating it, which was which was good and respectful of him, he just kind of drapes it over himself. Well, he... Or was uh, it Connor's Irish flag maybe he came in with or something? I was kind of confused as to why he did that. Right. Well, Floyd, of course, has a history of... I don't know if you remember when he fought Oscar De La Hoya uh, years back. He actually came into the ring with a sombrero on. So this is a so guy... He's just, he's just poking fun. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's not afraid. Uh, you know, he's obviously showing his opponent up, but he is not afraid to don the opponent's country's origin colors and... Things of that nature. I mean, he will do that, and he will do it shamelessly. Um, so, Floyd. I mean, this is this is this is gonna be good stuff, man. I mean, like I said, the build up to this fight Absolutely. to me will far exceed the product in the ring. But I tell you, man, Connor's a very convincing guy when it comes to selling the product of the fight, and um, he's already got some 
some rabid MMA fans and rabid Conor fans feeling like he can win this fight. They're definitely starting to sell tickets. The price point came out on this thing, too, at $99.95. So it was a lot lower than we actually thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be up in the $149.95 right. um, area. You know, after uh, Floyd grabs the flag, of course, Conor grabs Floyd's backpack, opens it up, grabs some cash out of it. Now, I don't know if Floyd actually rolls around with cash in his backpack. Maybe he should stop that. Then Connor goes on to uh, make fun of Floyd's tracksuit and tell him that he can't read. Yeah. You Forty, know, I, I, 40 years old, uh, you know, can't afford a suit, all kind of good stuff. Need to take care of this tax situation that he's got backpack. going on. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, man. Connor said that he was going to knock Floyd out within four rounds, and we actually kind of said that that's the only way that he's going to win. He's going to have to do this, or either one, he's going to get disqualified from purposefully doing something to get disqualified, or two, just saying he doesn't give an F and uh, literally just kicking Floyd and trying sure. to choke him out or something. Sure. If it goes 12, it's not going to look good for Connor. Nobody's really given Connor much of a chance, man. I don't know. I, he does have a little bit of boxing acumen. It's not like he's never been in a boxing ring or boxed before. Right. Now, Floyd's been doing this for. 20-something years. We all longer, know that. Long, longer than that. Longer than you know, that. I so, mean, he's an absolute pugilist in the ring. Um, I will say some things that people are not mentioning. Number one, I think Floyd to be a little bit rusty. Uh, by the time fight starts, he will not have fought in almost two years. He is 40. Which could be huge. Could be very huge. Um, he is 40 years old now. Um, that being said, he will come into the fight as a heavy, heavy, heavy betting favorite. Um, but the Irish people will be in Vegas in flocks. It definitely will be an event, and it's crazy how this August 26th match is, man, I mean, it's just really, really, really superseding and overclouding the Canelo-Golovkin fight, which will be a couple of weeks after that, a few weeks after that. So Mayweather-McGregor is on the table, and uh, a lot of people are excited. Boxing fans and fans that are not even boxing fans are huge anticipatory waiting for this event to happen, man. It's going to be great. It's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, or at least I hope that it's going to be a lot of fun. Right. You know, especially if people are shelling out 100 bucks to go see this fight or paying a 10 or $15 cover charge. Yep. You know, so we'll see, man. They're, they've got two more pressers scheduled. Right. Then we've got things like the weigh-in and other things like that. So there's sure, lots the of training camps, the whole nine. Lots of opportunities for us to get a lot more uh, audio for you. And like we said, this will probably be the best part of this fight. Right. Now, let's get back to, to something that, that Connor called Floyd out on. Okay. And this could very well go into athletes doing stupid stuff. Yes. Because when Connor McGregor retaliated at Floyd for bringing out a check, Floyd went into his backpack and brought out a check. Maybe he hadn't cashed it yet is what the deal is. Right. Let me show you. MFers talking to the crowd what a hundred million dollar fighter looks like. Connor brought up the IRS. Yes, and there actually is some uh, validity to that. Uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, and his people about a month ago filed uh, a reprieve because I believe he's 15 months behind on his 2015 tax filing, and he told the IRS that he would not be able to pay his 2015 taxes until he gets the money for the McGregor fight, which is upcoming. And for someone that, you know, fancies himself as the money team and Floyd Money Mayweather, yeah, to be behind on your taxes from 2015, a year that he made almost $300 million, $220 million in one night when he defeated Manny Pacquiao, you got to understand, you got to take care of the tax man first. Come on, bro. So you're so so. This tells me that you're what actually you doing, dog? <laughs> you're getting back you're getting back in the ring at age 40 when you said that retirement was treating you so well. 
man, he's got to get back in this ring to pay the tax man. So it's that, not. It's that, not it's that's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. So, like, like we said, we'll we'll we'll, we'll see where these uh, these pressers, and we'll bring you all the audio that we can, you know, in the next couple of coming up weeks. Sure. Uh, we are six weeks from the fight itself, yep. so uh, we got plenty of time to get a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to the uh, the ESPYS yes. happened last ESPYs night. last night with uh, with host Peyton Manning. Yep, did a good job. Now, if you watch the ESPYS last year, and it's pretty much every year. The host of the ESPYs and the host of most of these sports award shows, or any award shows, really, they come out and they poke fun at people. Right. Kind you of know, the monologue. People, people sitting in the audience, and at least Peyton played it off to where he didn't write the jokes, and he had kind of admitted that. Right. The way that he kind of did it was that he refused to say any of these jokes that were written for him by ABC, and here's a couple that he hated the most. So he went on to continue poking on sure. or at people. Now, there were two that I actually found very amusing here. Okay. The first is which is when he decided to poke fun at KD. I love that the final five won the most Olympic medals of any U.S. women's gymnastics team ever. And our gymnastics team was so dominant that Kevin Durant told me he wants to play for them next year. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to tell you, I don't think he'd start for that team, Kevin. (laughs) Russell Westbrook, what do you think? Goes right after KD, and I tell you what, KD was not impressed one bit. Not impressed at all. I mean, the reaction on his face was absolutely priceless. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Durant got it back later in the show. He was awarded uh, Best Championship Performance, and his Golden State Warriors were uh, voted Best Team. So, uh, in the end, uh, he got the last laugh. Peyton also took a shot at, uh, at the Atlanta Falcons, you know, saying that they're not going to be paying attention three-fourths way, way to the show, so we want to give him some props early in the show, right. which was cool. And then Julian Edelman actually took a shot at Peyton, saying that he was doing a great hosting job. Of course, they are inside. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, some of the other uh, SB winners out there, we have breakthrough performance. Dak Prescott, I got no, no problem with that. No Championship problem with that at performance. all. Kevin Durant. Best game, Super Bowl 51. I can agree with that. Now, one that a lot of people, especially in this area, do have a problem with, and I can kind of see best football player, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got Matt Ryan, who was the uh, league MVP. You got Tom Brady, who was the Super Bowl MVP. You would think it would be one of those two players. but um, and Typically, it is a quarterback, but why? Now, Aaron Rodgers was, out of the three of those guys, the only one present. And I don't know if that might have, might have had something to do with it. Yeah, that, that's a little weird, but uh, I think it either should have went. the only one that was invited. Right, exactly. Nah, I doubt that. I doubt that. I think it should have either went to the league MVP, which is Matt Ryan, or the Super Bowl MVP, Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I agree there. I agree there. But I, I got no problem with, with Aaron Rodgers, because if you ask me right now who's the best quarterback in the NFL, I think I would have to say Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you're an, you're, you're, and Aaron Rodgers. the best football player, and I don't even know that it should be a quarterback. Right. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, was your MVP last year, so yeah. you, you certainly shouldn't have a problem with him being voted that. But at the same time, I'm just a results guy. And at the end of the day, you know, the Green Bay Packers didn't even make it to the NFC Championship. Actually, they did, and they lost to the Falcons, correct? Yep. Yep, so. They got uh, blown out by the Falcons. Yeah, stand corrected there. Some, yeah. of the, some of the better awards that, that kind of make the, uh, the ESPYs worth watching. Um, super fan Jarris Robinson got the Jimmy V uh, Perseverance Award. Well-deserved. Okay. Uh, just had a, a kidney transplant back in april he's been working waiting like 12 13 years on. wow wow uh this kid you'll see all over the place he's at every saints game he's a huge lsu fan i've definitely seen him yep and he goes around everywhere he goes to promote organ donation Mm, right uh vin scully wins the icon award the arthur ash courage well deserved eunice kennedy who uh the founder of the uh, special olympics so unlike the 
Caitlin slash Chris Jenner, whatever that thing's name is, <laughs> getting the Arthur Ashe Courage Award last year. Or watch the year it. Before. Watch it now. Watch it now. You know, these people are actually deserving of this. Right. But anyways, semi-good job, SB. Semi-good job. We got a packed show for you today. The, uh, the NBA has not stopped one bit. You know, we got the, we got the free agency. We got summer league. Um, you know, the offseason is crazy, but uh, we're going to talk about that. We got some NBA talk coming for you. The Major League Baseball All-Star break has come and gone. We're going to chop up the All-Star break, the home run derby, and the All-Star game, which I thought were phenomenal yep. and a great job by MLB. Then we're going to get into a little bit of the second half of the Major League Baseball season and kind of where the Atlanta Braves are going to be headed. But first, sure. what's Tone spending this week? Man, I am spending right now nonstop the new Jay-Z album. Uh, the 13th album in his discography, age 47, still sounding like a young MC. The name of the album is 444. Uh, in the background, we have a song called The Story of OJ, which is probably the most polarizing track on the album. Um, man, Jay-Z has never sounded this introspective, uh, this opinionated, and this controversial. And uh, the reviews have been amazing. Um, there's actually only one producer on the album gentleman from Chicago by the name of No ID, and uh, Jay-Z sounds amazing, man. I definitely feel like he will be picking up some hardware at the Grammys on this one, for this one this year. Any significance to the album title, 444? He says that he woke up at 4, 4.44 a.m. in the morning and wrote several of these tracks. Um, a lot of people have some weird Illuminati, Illuminati theories on what that number means. Um, but he has not, you know, really came out and yeah, given okay. a full-fledged, um, you know, back or reasoning why the album is named that. But uh, no matter what, man, it's a quality listen from beginning to end. Um, I believe the uh, deluxe copy has 13 tracks. You won't skip a track, man. It's an amazing album. DJ Raytone is spinning Jay-Z's new album, 444, today on the 400 level. When we come back, we're going to get into a little NBA free agency. We'll be right back. Yep. You want to know what's more important than throwing away money at a strip club? Credit. Welcome back to the 400 level. Bo Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, coming at you from the Kawatone Studios in Smyrna, Georgia. I'm going to take this small minute to thank you for uh, subscribing on iTunes and or SoundCloud. I want to thank you for following us on Twitter. I am at Jedi Sports Radio. DJ Raytone is at DJ Raytone. You can follow the show at 400 Level Radio. You can also like our Facebook pages. You can like the DJ Raytone Facebook page. Find out where you can hire him to come provide music for you at any of your local events. Yeah. Or not local, really. Yeah, I travel. And you can go like our 400 Level Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search the 400 Level. Keep you up to date. You can download all the shows from there. You can get in contact with us. Leave us messages. Leave us feedback. We appreciate that. Certainly. The uh, feedback's been amazing, man. Thank you guys for your uh, loyal listening. So this NBA free agency thing has started. And, uh, wow, um, to to kind of echo the, the, the voices of a lot of sports media professionals, it's almost kind of seeming like you're going to have four or five 
Harlem Globetrotter-esque teams out there, and then everybody else is just going to be Washington Generals. Whereas next year, more than this past year, you're going to be able to pick the two, now maybe three or four teams that are going to be at the in the semis and the playoffs, and the rest of it is just going to be a formality. Right. Well, and you are now seeing the Golden State Warriors effect on the league big time. Uh, you got everybody shuffling around, trying to amass talent because – you know, it's really, really looking like over the next few years, the Golden State Warriors are, A, going to be able to keep their core together, all of them still under the age of 30, and, B, they're just going to continue to win championships. Uh, you know, there's some teams out there that are trying and doing their damnedest to put talent together, but all this money being spent, it's it's just looking like, you know, okay, we may win one more game versus the Golden State Warriors than we won last year in a seven-game series. So before we get into any of the the outside of the Golden State Warrior contract signings, the first domino that kind of fell in this whole thing was Kevin Durant turned down his player option to rejoin the Golden State Warriors at his current pay rate, which is like $30 million. Right. Then re-signed a two-year deal for like $26 million or something like that to free up money in the cap for the Warriors so that they could keep this whole team together. All five starters, the entire team, is coming back next year. Exactly. So – had, let's just say if Kevin Durant would have, you know, sought out the max or sought out, you know, the highest that he could get, the Warriors then would have been unable to bring back Andre Iguodala. They would have been unable to bring back Sean Livingston. Those are two players that are very, very, very important to what they do as far as their reserve and their bench play, bench productivity, and guys that you know at six foot six, six foot six foot seven, are just key. Key cogs in what they do, not only defensively but offensively. So that showed that Kevin Durant wants to be here. He's a he he loves the culture in Oakland. He's obviously an NBA champion now. So salute to him. And I promise you this: Kevin Durant on the back end with some of these supermax contracts that you're starting to see, he will be taken care of. Trust me. Yeah, a lot of people are throwing shade Kevin Durant's way for taking less money to stay with a team. Right. When Tom Brady's been doing this for years, exactly. It's called uh, unselfishness. Right. Because now people are saying, well, the other superstars are not going to get this type of money because their teams are going to want them to do that too. Well, probably so because the general managers of these teams and the owners of these teams want to win above paying a superstar to play on their team. Well, also, you you got to be looking at this. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant's 28, 29 years old. He understands that he's got probably one more huge contract in his future, probably a max deal, the super max contracts that are everybody's talking about now the uh, are the craze. Um, he is going to fall into that that credentials, and I'm going to explain that here in a minute. What exactly a super con- super max contract is? Kevin Durant understands that right now the Warriors need to strike while the iron's hot. They have the talent. They're defending NBA champions. Let's see if they can get two or three more. So then the uh, next domino, I guess, to fall because they had the money to do so. The Golden State Warriors signed Steph Curry. Was it to the first ever Supermax contract? It was over $200 million? You, the fir- it was the first uh, Supermax contract, first contract in the history of the NBA to be over $200 million. One thing you got to understand about Steph Curry, though, Steph Curry has never been the highest-paid player on the Golden State Warriors. Um, he also, because of his last contract, he was making somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to $13 million per year because prior to that contract, he was coming off a litany of injuries, had a lot of injuries to the ankles. So that contract that Golden State gave to him last time was more of a, let's see if this works out. Don't really want to give you a ton of money, but at the same time, let's see if this works out. Obviously, two league MVPs and two championships later, it has worked out. 
and Steph Curry, who, in my opinion, is still the most valuable player on the Golden State Warriors just because what he does allows everything to yep. fall into place. $201 million contract to me, you know what? Seems, seems about right. If, I mean, if that's, if that's a number that's being allowed to get paid, why not Steph Curry be the one to make it? Right. Now, so then you got Paul George gets traded to OKC, right? Gets traded to OKC. That happens um, in a trade with, I guess, his consent. Sure. And, you know, he still, at the end, at the end of the season, at the end of the 2017-2018 season, he still will become a free agent. So Oklahoma City essentially is renting him for yep. the season, trying to woo him to see if this season works out and maybe he will want to sign a long-term deal playing alongside Russell Westbrook and, uh, and stay in Oklahoma City. Um, even Kevin Durant, ironically, has come out and said that the fan base in Oklahoma is amazing. Paul George will enjoy playing there. It remains to be seen. Um, I don't see him being an OKC long term, but you never know how it may work out this season. Who knows? Oklahoma may win 55, 60 games, and he realized, hey, I want, I want to be here. So we'll see how this plays out this season. If there's one thing that can make you want to stay on a team, it's winning. It's winning. You know, Paul George has already done the right thing and said the politically correct thing. Saying, sure. I, I don't see myself going anywhere. Sure. So then the Houston Rockets trade for CP3. Yep. Uh, I believe uh, Chris Paul had uh, not necessarily worn out his welcome in Los Angeles with the Clippers, but I think it was just a, a, an amicable split. I think the Clippers had maxed out with Blake Griffin, with Chris Paul. And, um, you know, Chris Paul has been a great point guard in this league for a long time, and um, I believe he deserves an opportunity to win. He's never made it out of the second round of the NBA playoffs, and he now joins uh, James Harden, who's a perennial MVP candidate. Uh, he also joins uh, Mike D'Antoni, an offensive-minded coach. So I believe that Chris Paul can go there and flourish. Now, is it enough to topple the Golden State Warriors in a seven-game series? I don't think so. It remains to be seen, but uh, that's why they play the games. So speaking of the Houston Rockets and James Harden, yeah, man, wow, they go and break the record that Steph Curry had just broken a sure. few weeks earlier and give James Harden a Supermax contract somewhere in the neighborhood of like 216 to 220? Uh, 200, four years, 228 million. That's just uh, insane. And he uh, actually, it was with, with Harden, it was more of an extension. So they just were extending yeah. the contract that he was already in. They wanted to lock him in. Um, you know, once again, you know, James Harden, I believe he's 27 years old. Um, he's been extremely durable in his career. So... Houston feels like this is money well spent. Um, Given that kind of money, though, to someone who has never, uh, you know, hasn't won an NBA title, he has been in the NBA Finals when he was a young player with the Oklahoma City Thunder. But, man, um, that, that that's crazy that this amount of money is being thrown around. I mean, it just speaks to the new collective bargaining agreement. It speaks to all the TV money that the NBA has, uh, is, is getting now. And uh, they're just throwing money around like hotcakes. Uh, I'm sure the NFL players and NHL players and other athletes around the world are wishing that they uh, grew up playing basketball. Bro, so so help me out right right quick, Tone, with my uh, with my math a little bit. So sure. a four year extension for 228 million dollars. That's right around 56 million dollars a year, is it not? Somewhere around that. Exactly, and um, the, 56 and some change million dollars a year. Right, and I believe the way it works out, I think it's one of those balloon contracts. So, in the last two years of his deal, he stands to make ninety-three million of that. Wow. So the way it breaks down, so um, you got James Harden. I believe he's got a huge shoe contract as well. You want to talk about young billionaires? Uh, James Harden's on his way, dude. You're telling me now something else that's outside the box on this thing that could kind of, 
you know, give some hope to the American soccer fan right. is that the reason why MLS teams aren't as competitive as the European league teams, these European soccer players make in the $40 million a year range. Yeah. That's how much, that's the money, the level of money these guys are at. When you look at a team like the Atlanta United, who has sold out Bobby Dodd Stadium at 45,000 Atlanta's every rabbit. time, right. you know, you could eventually get to the same competitive or, you know, these players coming from Europe over to the United States to play in these leagues. So, uh, so do me a favor real quick and kind of describe to us this Supermax contract thing just kind of happened on this last CBA, right? Correct. So what exactly separates a max contract from a Supermax, and how does it work? Like, are you slotted as a Supermax or a max contract? Do you get one? Do you get two? Right. So a Supermax com- com- contract, um, another name for it is the desi- designated player exception. And in order to qualify if you will for a supermax contract you have to either have completed your eighth or ninth season the reason this yeah exactly so you have to have some tenure um the supermax allows the current team so whatever team the player is playing for to offer 70 million dollars more than any other team it's an incentive for players like for teams like oklahoma city to be able to keep players like russell westbrook Versus losing them to a larger market team like the Lakers and Knicks. Not saying no, that Westbrook would. It allows them to do this without having to pay some kind of luxury tax. Exactly. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Okay. And not every player qualifies for this. You know, like I said, you got to have that tenure. Um, it also helps that if you p- have played for the same team for that long, just like a Steph Curry, just like a James Harden, just like Russell Westbrook is on the verge of doing. Now you have to have played for this team for this. You have to have played for the same team for all eight or nine years. Exactly. Now. There are stipulations, which is why you see Kevin Durant signing the smaller deals right now. You know, signing the one or two year deals or signing the the one year deal and the option to, you know, to get out of that deal after one year. Kevin Durant then starts being into his 11th and 12th and 13th year. So then once he hit his 12th year, then he's able to it supersedes all that being on the same team thing. And he then now qualifies for the Supermax contract. Okay. Okay. so. And there's a lot of moving parts. No, it it makes a lot of sense. So from, say, like day one, you can play eight years with the same team, get a Supermax contract. If you play six years, then leave. It's when you hit your 12th year in the NBA, you can get a Supermax contract with any team? Is that? With any team. But keep in mind, the team that you are currently on is the one that can pay you $70 million more than, right. You can't just jump ship to Exactly, and, and get that. "Quote unquote Supermax contract." Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of you other can't things. Jump ship to a team and get the same contract. Absolutely not. Now, Seventy million dollars is a pretty big difference. Sure. There's a few other things that go on here too. Uh, you know, making All NBA teams or making being named Defensive Player of the Year, Most Valuable Player of the Year. All these things are moving parts in these Supermax contracts. Um, and if you look at it, James Harden, a perennial All NBA first team guy. Steph Curry has won two league MVPs. Russell Westbrook just won an MVP. Kevin Durant is a former MVP. So they bring all these credentials to the table to qualify them for Supermax contracts. Paul George would have qualified for a Supermax contract this season had he made an All-NBA team. He did not. Neither did Gordon Hayward, who is now a member of the Boston Celtics. Had they made an All-NBA team this year, the likelihood of them staying with the Indiana Pacers and the Utah Jazz, respectively, goes up exponentially. Well, okay, so that uh, that sheds a lot of light on what a Supermax contract is. That's why the NBA guy right here at the 400 level, so we appreciate that, Tone. So, Absolutely. Carmelo Anthony to the Houston Rockets. Do you any validity to that? Do you think that's going to happen? 
I think I think I think there's something on the table. I hear the wheels are turning. I think the Houston Rockets and the Knicks are trying to get a third team involved. I'm not a huge fan of that move. Um, Carmelo has played for uh, Coach D'Antoni previously when he uh, when D'Antoni was coaching the Knicks. From what I understand, that didn't that that relationship wasn't great. So I'm a little surprised that uh, they are going after Carmelo as hard as they are with Chris Paul and James Harden. Man, I just I, that to me just does not seem like a good fit. But you know, once again, the Golden State Warriors have all these teams scrambling, and if Carmelo Anthony, a guy who can average 20, 23 points a game in his sleep, is out there on the market, the Houston Rockets owe it to themselves to improve their fortunes and try to get him. I just don't know if the chemistry will be there. But once again, that's why they play the games. There you go. So have you watched any uh, summer league ball? I know Lonzo ball has gone off a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Put any weight on uh, anything going on summer league balls. Is it just something you might catch if you're aboard at home, nothing else to do. Well, I mean, I've got some guys uh, that were in the draft that I am interested to see their development. Um, you know, Lonzo ball, obviously for the Lakers is one of them. Um, I've been very, very impressed with uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, who the Boston Celtics drafted, um, a kid out of Duke University that has been absolutely amazing. I believe he's averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds per game in summer league. There have been some other guys. Uh, I know uh, the, uh, the, the the Falk kid had a little bit of an ankle injury. From what I understand, he's day-to-day. But uh, you can definitely get some diamonds in the rough and see how your draft picks are doing in summer league. Uh, there's some things going on that I'm paying attention to, sure. Did you catch uh, Lonzo Ball's plum-colored Nikes the other day? I did see that, and um, and and the Nikes that he actually the shoes that he wore last night were Nikes when he had the thirty six point explosion. So there's all kind of rumors that he may be leaving the big baller brand and eventually signing with Nike. In fact, LeBron James is one of the uh, the heavyweights that has come out and said, "Hey, man, you that's exactly what you need to do." Yeah, it is. It really is. But, he needs to separate himself from his dad altogether because he's going to end up wrecking something for the kid. I hear you, but uh, you know, you got to You got to You got to ride this big baller thing out. Let's let's see what happens his first season. I'm on record by saying that I don't believe Lonzo Ball will ever be a superstar in the NBA. But, uh, you know, had a great line last night, and I definitely will be one that will be stand corrected if I'm wrong. Uh, you know, the, the line last night, 36 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds was very impressive. But let's keep in mind it's summer All league. Right, so it's quite clear that the shoe being made by – who wouldn't even know who the, the parent company that is making the shoe. Right. Somebody's making the shoe. It could be made over be, being made over Taiwan in a sweatshop for all sure. we know. Could it be reasonably possible that that shoe is uncomfortable as hell and leaving blisters on that kid's sure. foot? He went to a Nike. It almost looked like the last Kobe that came out. That's exactly what it was. It looked, it looked like to me, I Somebody's believe. Somebody's going to end up offering this kid a contract to jump from Triple B to Nike, and it's not going to be a co-brand. It's going to be he's going to have his own shoe. Right. But it's not going to be a big baller brand, and that's kind of going to be the start of the separation between these two, I think. And it'll probably be the best for this kid because a big baller brand is not going to work. Right. Out. It's not going to take off. In every movie, we like great conflict. Absolutely. And so, you know, that is obviously pending there. Um, but once again, this this guy's uh, performance on the court will control everything. Yep, heard that. NBA guy speaks once again. When we come back to the 400 level, we're going to talk a little baseball. The All-Star break has come and gone. We're going to look forward to the second half of 2017 season. We'll be right back. 13 bottles of Ace of Spade would have did the ball spin. Nah, Jay-Z. Bye, JC. Now, greetings to the world. Can 
Welcome back to the 400 level. Bo Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, DJ Raytone, coming at you from the Kawatone Studios in the northern Atlanta burbs, Smyrna to be exact. Right around the corner from STP, SunTrust Park. STP, where we will have an all-star game coming up in the next few years. Before we get into the all-star game, I want to thank you for subscribing and telling your friends all about us. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can leave feedback on Apple Podcasts just as easily. You can share us with your buddy, with your coworker, with your friend, with your mom. You can send a link to the podcast through a text message, Tone. And you can play the podcast through the text message. You don't even have to do any extra work, or they don't anywhere. The beauty of the auxiliary cord. That's right. Leave, leave us some feedback. Turn us on when you're in the car. Turn us off when you get home. Turn us back on when you go sit on the throne or making dinner or whatever. Leave us some feedback, though. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, and you can communicate and share us just as easily on that platform, too. Thank you for following us on Twitter. I am at Jedi Sports Radio. Tone is at DJ Raytone. Follow the show at 400 Level Radio. So the baseball midway break has come and gone. It's more like the 55-45 kind of break. You know, the schedules aren't 100% completely even right. in that manner. I have to give mad props to Major League Baseball, though. To me, and I'm not the only person that shares this, shares this opinion, the Major League Baseball All-Star break trumps by far the other three major sports All-Star festivities or breaks or, you know, an NFL it's at the end of the season. You know, the All-Star game has been highly competitive the next few, uh, last few years. Now, they did away with the fact that the All-Star game decides home, or home field advantage in the World Series. Which yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad about that, actually. I'm glad about that, too, because you don't want somebody who's 30 games out that made the All-Star game because every team has to send a representative. You don't want that person to be able to determine home field in the World Series. Now, I did like it for this aspect. I liked it because it made the game competitive. Sure. All right now, this year's All Star Game was highly competitive, and it was a great game. We haven't really seen a tie or anything close to that since like ten years ago, whenever that happened. I kind of think that if that happens in the future, you're just going to have to let them tie and be okay with it. It's an exp- exhibition anyway, right? You know, baseball has to be played out. It's not like you can just run up and down the court like the NBA and not play any defense and just score, 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 score. You have right. to throw the ball. You have to hit the ball. Right. And these players do want to win, so you know we'll give them that. It was a highly competitive game. And then the all I mean, the home run derby that happened the night before. Super, super fun. Oh, yeah. Super yeah. fun, especially the first round. Right. You know, last year they went to a bracket format with a five-minute time or a four-minute time clock in the first round. Um, instead of giving these guys like ten swings or ten pitches or whatever, uh, puts a lot of pressure on these guys. You know, if you missed it, um, Justin Bohr with the Miami Marlins goes up after Giancarlo Stanton has already been taken out last year's champ. Right. Goes up and puts 22 home runs up in the first round. And he is just having a blast. Right. Talking a bunch of smack. You know, Stanton's coming out there congratulating him, bringing him drinks and whatnot. Brought him a donut at one point. Right, right, right. Gore's a little bit of a big dude. Aaron Judge, Yankees phenom rookie. Phenom. Comes up and blasts 23 home runs without even needing the 30-second bonus time that he had earned by hitting two home runs of 440 feet. Right. This kid is doing – if Marlins Park didn't have – windows back there in the back of the park because it is a dome or can be can be made into yeah. a dome right he would have been hitting balls out of the stadium he was peppering that ugly ass statue out there in, right in, in center field in marlins park dude it was completely fun to watch you know there's been a couple of people that are complaining about the bracket format because miguel sano who made it to the finals made it out of the first round by only hitting 11 home runs 
whereas Stanton got eliminated by hitting 16. Charlie Blackman got eliminated by hitting 14. But, I mean, you got to let this thing play out and give it a few years. I like the bracket format. If you don't beat the guy that you're in a bracket with, you know. You don't deserve to, you don't deserve yeah. to advance. Absolutely. You know, so the home run derby in all was fun. The first round was probably the best drama or best cinema or best theater of all of it. Sure. But the last round was great, too. Aaron Judge put on a hell of a show, man. Congratulations to that guy. I mean, he is very, very quickly uh, becoming not only the face of the Yankees, but, uh, I mean, you know, baseball is fun again because of guys like this, guys like Bryce Harper. I mean, the kids are, are excited again. This is great. You know, you and I grew up as huge, huge baseball fans, and, you know, we both can acknowledge the fact that baseball's popularity has waned some yeah. in the last yep. 10 to 15 years. So it's good to see these fresh faces out there uh, putting up, big numbers in big markets it's a it's a beautiful thing yeah and we all like all-star festivities because we like seeing all the best players out there but we also want to see a competitive game sure and that's what major league baseball had especially uh this tuesday with the all-star game you had scherzer versus sale scherzer only pitched uh one inning struck out two sale pitched two innings i think he had four strikeouts in two innings there were 23 total strikeouts in the game it ended up a uh, a tie ball game that went extra innings extra and almost innings. had us a little bit worried that you were going to see a finish uh, with a tie because you try to get every player in the game that we're going to have this a very similar finish until Robinson Cano came up in the top of the tenth. Yep, the one one swing and a drive, well struck, right field on its way out of here into the bullpen in right field. And Robinson Cano will trot around the bases. AL2, NL1, here top 10. Sweet swinging Robbie Cano. Sweet swinging Robbie Cano won it for the American League. The game ends up being a 2-1 uh, finish. Andrew Miller gets the save. Craig Kimbrell, former Atlanta Brave, actually ends up getting the win. Mm-hmm. A great exhibition game. Didn't go too, too long into the night. It did go 10 innings, so you kind of like to see that. But uh, kudos to them. Robbie Cano drives off in a uh, Chevrolet Corvette for winning the MVP for hitting the home run late. So, Which uh, I'm sure he'll be putting on eBay very, very soon I'm if sure he hasn't already. I'm sure it probably has not even been unwrapped or will not even be delivered to his house. Right. You know, uh, a lot of these guys give those cars away to, uh, to friends charities. or to coaches. Charities. Or even to, to charities. He might have even given it to cars for kids to kind of help him out on his taxes. But sure. Anywho, great job, MLB. Now the second half of the Major League Baseball season is upon us. And the, uh, the Atlanta Braves – we had a series versus the Astros, which we got swept. And then a four-game series versus the Nats that had we been able to take three out of four or something like that versus the Nats, that would have been absolutely fantastic. We ended up splitting the series from them. So we're still nine and a half games out in the East, nine games out in the wild card. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, the uh, the Braves, you know, t- there toward the end of June, were just playing lights out. You know, actually won eight out of ten games, were able to keep – the boat afloat, even with the injury to Freddie Freeman, who, by the way, made it back a month early, man. Just kudos to that guy, man. Um, always been a big Freddie Freeman fan. He is uh, the face of the Atlanta Braves. Absolutely. Uh, taking one for the team, moving over to third base, the hot corner to accommodate Matt Adams' stellar play since the Braves acquired him, leaving him at first base. Um, I tell you, man, I'm, I'm on record by saying, even at 42 and 45, but missing your best player for that chunk of time, the Braves are – Overachieving, in my opinion, um, they are throwing a quality product out in front of the fans at the brand new SunTrust Park Stadium, and uh, it's it's a it's it's been a pleasure so far just watching them play. Some first half attendance numbers for the Atlanta Braves. We have put almost 
1.3 million fans in the seats so far this year combined. That's an average of 30,578 per game. Very impressive. Now, keep in mind that baseball is played every day on a homestand. Seven and eight days, nine days in a row. Right. Not like football or even the the MLS team, the United, who are playing a game every other week or so at home or even once a month in some cases. Last year's attendance for the entire season was just over 2 million. Mm. So – we're about 60, 70, 65% into that with, you know, 1.3 million already. So, uh, and if any of y'all have been to uh, SunTrust Park or the Battery, there's so many beautiful things to do around SunTrust Park. Um, so, the, the natural foot traffic is there. We've obviously had two huge concerts with Billy Joel and Metallica there. Yep. You got the Roxy, uh, you know, concert venue there as well, where they've had some concerts there. So, it's just a beautiful stadium, and the idea that they wanted this complex to be able to be profitable even when the Braves are not in town, so far so good. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, really cool. We're going to see throughout the winter how busy it actually is, but I was there Monday and Tuesday. We stayed two days over at the Battery and went and walked around a little bit before the Metallica concert on uh, Sunday and then spent the whole day down at the Battery walking, bar hopping, and, and, right. and having some fun. On, uh, on Monday, and uh, there, there's a lot of things to do, a lot more concerts coming this winter. Yep. There's a lot of concerts coming to both the Roxy and SunTrust Park, so mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned for that, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. And moving forward, something I want to say is that, you know, I understand that people would maybe, you know, say that, you know, we're getting 30000 per game has a lot to do with the new shine of the stadium, but moving forward, folks, in my opinion, the Atlanta Braves are on the rise, and Atlanta loves a winner, and you can bet that the Atlanta Braves are going to have a much better product on the field in the upcoming seasons. I would say the Atlanta Braves are going to have a much better product on the field the second half of this season than okay. you saw the first half okay. of the season. I like that. I like that. You know, um, And it can go one of two ways. Either, either we're going to be legitimately chasing a wild card because – Arizona, Colorado, those are the two teams that are going to get the one card, one game wild card playoff if the season were to end right now. Right. Nine games is a lot to overcome, but it can happen. They got out to that nine game, you know, lead for a reason. And we all know how Coors Field likes to give up the long ball, likes sure. to give up a lot yep. of runs. The Colorado Rockies can very easily go on a five or six game losing skid. Just like any team can, just right. like the Braves have, and also you know? getting we have Freddie, we have our man back now. Freddie Freeman is now back in cahoots. And we have to expect some momentum, a momentum jump by the Braves having their man back in the lineup. And he's actually looked pretty good uh, over there, statuesque, reminiscent of a, like a Troy Gloss. Yep. You know, Freddie Freeman and Chris Bryant are the exact same height, so it's right. not like Freddie Freeman being like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, or however tall he is, is going to hinder him at third base. Chris Bryant gets it done almost to a gold glove caliber anyway. Sure. Um, I like what Snit's doing late in games. You know, when we're trying to protect a two- or three-run lead, he's moving Freddie over to first base, taking Matt Adams out and putting Johan Camargo in at third base because you want your, I love it. you want your best defense yeah. on the field late in games anyway um freddie's looked pretty good over there he hadn't had a whole lot of chances in the six games he's played at third base he's made one error on a ball that kind of ate him up you know it was a hard hit ball that took a, a a big hop right into his chest you know and he just couldn't glove it ball hit the ground so this is a this is a ball hit to him that a lot of third basemen might have made the might same error made, on. but a lot of a lot of yeah a lot of third basemen may have had the error and I think this one probably could have been charged as a base hit too. So I mean wow, it was okay. charged an error. It's, it's borderline. So big deal. So yeah. we'll see how this continues to fold out. Six games is a, a, an extremely small sample size. What's going to be interesting with the Braves is what's going to happen with them in the next thirteen games. 
You know, we got three versus the Diamondbacks, three versus the Cubs, four versus the Dodgers, and then three more versus the Diamondbacks. Mm. The toughest team we're going to play in the next – or the weakest team we're going to play in the next 13 games, next two weeks' worth of games is the Chicago Cubs, the reigning world champions. The reigning world champions, right. Who, breaking news, just traded for Jose Quintana this morning yes. from the Chicago White Sox. That's a big pickup. I mean, that's uh, Theo Epstein not sitting on his hands, making moves. And uh, the Cubs fan base now expects a winner. So, uh, oh, yeah. you know, we need to make sure that we are doing everything we can to put a winner back out there and defend this crown. And uh, it remains to be seen if the Cubs can uh, overcome their five and a half games right now behind the Milwaukee Brewers in NL Central. Now, it's kind of ironic where the Braves have this stretch of 13 games to where they get to kind of prove themselves yep. towards the end of the, uh, the trade deadline, the non-waiver trade deadline period. Like I said, these next 13 games, and after that we go into a series versus Philadelphia, which is the worst team in the National League. This 13-game stretch the Braves are about to go on ends on July thir- uh, 26th. The non-waiver trade deadline is July 31st. Okay, so this jives perfectly. And the baseball trade deadline is just as exciting in, in, in most years. kind of depends on what's going on with the races as other trade deadlines are. And I, if- think, I think, you know what, in a lot of ways, I could say baseball is probably the best. I think in the NBA – especially now with all the money, you just don't see the major players being moved as much as, as, say, you know, 20, 30 years ago when I was coming up. I think in baseball, these contenders do not sit on their hands. They make they, they tweak their rosters every year, yep. it seems. And, you know, you look at somebody like the Washington Nationals who are obviously the cream of the crop in their division, but do they have enough to get through the National League and be playing in the Fall Classic? I don't know. So that's why they need to be looking at, you know, making some moves. I, I know we even talked about on the show previously that they were dealing with some bullpen issues. Yeah, and they still are. They, and have, it, done, so, they have so, done nothing. So there's some things that need to be done. Um, what will the Brewers do now to hold off the Cubs who just made this big splash today? So I don't know. I think uh, the trade deadline in Major League Baseball is the sexiest. It is. And, you know, if the Braves can come out of this next 13 games with a 7-6 and six record, you know, they might be buyers. Now – there's still going to be a Sonny Gray out of Oakland on the market. There's still going to be a Chris Archer possibly on the market. Now, the Rays just traded for a new shortstop because they're trying to make a run. I don't know if the Rays are going to be able to catch the Red Sox and the Yankees in the American League East. Right. Chris Archer might be gone from them. So, if the Braves can come out of this series with a winning record, you might see us give up some of these prospects that we have that are making splashes in the minor leagues to try to get like a Chris Archer or a Sonny Gray from a team who is trying to actually rebuild also. That's what makes it so interesting. Now, if the Braves come out of this thing with a losing record, that's when you might see a Matt Kemp or a Brandon Phillips or even a Julio Tehran traded, and you might see a Ronald Acuna who just got brought up to AAA from the AA who's batting three twenty six, nine home runs, 19 stolen bases this season mm, in the minors. Speed and power. Um, he has been boosted up to the Braves' number one prospect ahead of Ozzie Albies. Wow. Ozzie Albies is expected to be up towards the end of the season anyway, anyway right. to play second base for the future of the Braves. Now, we still have Sean Rodriguez, so you might see uh, Brandon Phillips traded regardless of what this thing does. But if the Braves really honestly want to make a splash and try to make a run this season, which I don't know if it would be the smartest thing to do, you could see them trade a Chris Archer or a Sonny Gray – not mistaken, the Oakland A's have come out and said, we trade Sonny Gray for a top-level prospect straight up. Right. 
You know, and Sonny Gray has won a Cy Young before. He won a Cy Young, if I'm not mistaken, like three years ago or something like that. He could be a pitcher that can make a direct impact on this team. So we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be very interesting. Sounds to me like it's a win-win situation for the Braves. They put themselves in position to make things interesting here in the middle of the summer. And it's been a minute since we've been able to say that about them. Yeah, I agree. And I actually believe that they can they can trade pieces like Brandon Phillips and Kemp and maybe sit on this roster a little bit, bring a couple of elder guys up from AAA, and then maybe once the rosters expand, you know, give Acuna a shot, give Albies a shot. Uh, Ronald Acuna is only 19 years old. Right. All right. Ozzy Albies is only 20. These kids are still very young, and I think they still need a little bit of seasoning. But, you know, Bryce Harper came up and was an all-star at 19. And I'm not saying that it can be done. I'm also not saying neither one of these players are Bryce Harper. But right. it's going to be interesting to see how the next three months folds out, man. This is the drama that I love and that a lot of baseball fans love about the sport. You know, is uh, there's a lot of games to play, man, and, and anything can happen in a week's time. So we're going to see. Pay attention to the Major League Baseball in the next couple of weeks, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. One more thing I want to say about uh, Freddie Freeman, um, you know, moving over to third base to accommodate, you know, the talent of, you know, Matt Adams, you know, what he's been able to do for us coming over. To me, that resonates in the dugout. That resonates. That, that resonates throughout on the roster that, you know, the face of your franchise is willing to accommodate another guy. That's just something that you don't see. And uh, super-duper props to Freddie Freeman, man. It's great. He looked at that national series because he wants to win. He knew the impact that four-game series could make. He came out the gate after this injury still on fire. He's had right. two home runs in those six games that, since he's been back. He's so a natural, man. He's a natural. The, the players see that our leader, the face of our team, wants to win right now. He didn't want to wait till next season. Yeah. Freeman came back a month early from an injury, said he wanted to make it back for that series versus the Nationals, came back the series before that one because the Astros are the best team in baseball, man. Athletes want to – well, great athletes want to play against greatness and the best. And, uh, you know, it's these these little things right here that I hope Braves fans are recognizing. We got a real leader and a real star in Freddie Freeman. If we finish at 81 and 81 this season at a 500, you know, winning percentage, that's going to be a win for us. Super duper win. You know, if we can manage 80 wins, that's what I called at the beginning of the season. Right. I actually have a, a bet with our, uh, our colleague and uh, fantasy football league member Tommy Clark. Um, for a couple of juice boxes on the Braves winning 80 games. He, he goes under, I go 80 or over. If that's going to be considered a win, if we can somehow make a run, dude, that's bonus. Right. You know, so let's just let John Coppolella do his work and uh, see where this team takes it, man. It's getting really, really exciting around uh, SunTrust Park, though. Fun times. When we come back on the 400 level, we're going to find out where you at. Welcome back to the 400 level. Bo Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, DJ Raytone. 
coming at you from the northern Atlanta Burbs and northwestern Atlanta Burbs, right down the street from SunTrust Park in Smyrna, Georgia. Around the corner. At the Kawatone Studios. So DJ Raytone, this is the segment where we get to do a little self-promotion. So uh, where are you at this week? Man, got a busy weekend coming up. Um, actually, tonight um, I am spinning at Vinkman's in Old Fourth Ward. Uh, it is the music room owned and ran by couple of members of the Yacht Rock Review, very popular uh, cover band here, not only in Atlanta, but now around the country. Um, I am spinning Yacht Rock classics, things like Michael McDonald, Steely Dan, Kenny Loggins at a uh, Catalina wine mixer. Basically, we got half price bottles of wine, got a fabulous dinner menu. Actually, Go Kickball Atlanta is actually sponsoring the event tonight, and uh, they're going to be giving away some free registration for the upcoming kickball season. Should be a fun time, man. Um, we had one a couple of weeks ago that went amazing, and uh, I'll be doing that tonight. And then tomorrow, man, we uh, we get the Friday night turn-up going once again at 10 Lizzie's Mall of Georgia. I'm there every Friday. Spend start around 9 p.m., go to 1 a.m. Absolute fun time, especially if you're in the North Gwinnett area. Definitely got to go check out both of those venues. I've been up to 10 Lizzie's to check out Tone. The Friday night turn-up is on and popping. Yes. In Gwinnett County, of all places. Man, right. At the 10 Lizzie's in the Mall of Georgia on Friday nights. So, uh, let's see. The Braves are back in town tomorrow night. We got eight games in a row, so I'm going to be there for every single one of them down at the SunTrust Club. Come give me a shout. Shoot me a text message. If you make it to the stadium, I can poke my head out and come say hi. Uh, Sunday morning, wake up extra early. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sports Radio 929 The Game. It's going to be me and Greg Clarkson waking you up on a Sunday morning. So uh, check that out as well. I mean, that's the way you should be woken up on a Sunday morning with some sports, you know, with some opinions. It's a thing of beauty, man. I keep it real too, man. I, uh, you know, I got the, the, I'm, you know, I got the jams going on on uh, Sunday mornings, man. But I don't know if a lot of the church crowd likes some okay, of the music. Okay, okay, okay. I play '90s hip hop and throw in a little bit of rock and roll in there. But uh, it's yeah. a great way to wake up on a Sunday morning, man. Hey, man. Six to ten on '99 The Game. As Me Snoop, and Greg Clarkson. As Snoop would say, "Chitch." That's right. I want to thank you for uh, joining us on Apple Podcasts and or SoundCloud. Remember how important it is for you to leave feedback. Leave feedback. Leave us a rating. On Apple Podcasts. Sure. We'd like for it to be five stars, but if you think we only deserve one, maybe call me first. See if we can patch <laughs> that on up before you leave that rating on the Right. See trying we can... to get paid by those cats, too. Exactly. See if we can talk about that. But uh, thanks for following us on, or and subscribing on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Tell a friend. Keep clicking those uh, like buttons and listening on our Facebook page, The 400 Level. Go check out DJ Raytone's Facebook page, DJ Raytone. Keep following us and interacting with us on Twitter. We appreciate that a lot. I am a Jedi Sports Radio. He is at DJ Raytone. You can follow the show at 400 Level Radio. That's all we got for you this week. We're going to take you out to the sounds of Jay-Z from the album 444. DJ Raytone, spin it. Peace. Cheers. Y'all stuck in La La Lane. Even when we win, we go lose. Y'all got the same flows. I don't know who is who. We got the same to watch. She don't got time to choose. We stuck in La La Land. We got the same. Home.